The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani. Welcome, America, to the Rudy Giuliani Show. And uh, we're going to cover lots of news today. We're going to try to get, well, we're going to do an interpretation of language. Could be a foreign language, but I'm good at it. So you'll see. It's Biden and his minions trying to explain how by uh, just, you know, paying off all these uh, uh, loans and uh, just giving them the money, which amounts to, oh, originally they said a couple hundred, it's 300 million and rising. And originally it was going to be 10,000. Now it's 20,000. Where the money's coming from? I'm going to ask you uh, to put your thinking caps on and your common sense caps on and figure out where is it coming from? Who's paying it? Mm, we'll see. We'll see. But let's 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 give um, let's give Joe Biden let's give Joe Biden uh, two chances to explain where the money is coming from, so that he can pay off right now and growing. Uh, three hundred billion in is it three hundred billion in loans? I gotta go check that. But okay, let's assume that for a moment. Uh, let's go to um, let's go to cut ten. Cumulative deficit reduction play for the programs many times over. We'll pay for the book. Pay, pay for the programs many times over. How? Where? It's a new program. When? When did you pay for it? What are you paying for it with? Well, I mean, that, I don't know. That must have been the answer he practiced in the nursing home before he showed up there, and the nursing home staff was kind of happy with it because it's more than he usually says there. Uh, now here's a little longer explanation. See if we get any further with this one. This is cut five. This may be after the medicines took a teeny bit of effect. Cut five. Not How much. do we pay for it? Yeah. We pay for How it do we pay by for what it? we've done. Last year, we cut the deficit by more than $350 billion. This year, we're on track to cut it by more than $1.7 trillion by the end of this fiscal year. There is plenty of deficit reduction to pay for the programs, cumulative deficit reduction to pay for the programs many times over. That doesn't count any your new spending, Joe. Like, for example, you, you, you told us. Of course, you know, I have a new uh, thing here now. I just assume everything he says is a lie. And, you know, I always, almost always turn out to be right. Like when he said that the um, Inflation Reduction Act <laughs> was going to actually not cost us any money. Because he was going to raise taxes like seven hundred billion, but he was going to spend like four hundred billion on garbage, on green garbage, green bullshit, a uh, bull. Excuse me, excuse me. I think I should say an act of contrition. Okay, now he was going to he was going to spend it on. So he so the arithmetic, which is completely phony, by the way, is. He's gonna he's gonna bring in seven hundred billion, take it away from you, taxes, right? And he's going to uh, spend 
and give away to his favorite people three to four hundred. So there, it's all paid for. But he just blew three hundred. He just blew that away. Right now, he blew it away, and it's going further because the three hundred keeps going up. This is the games they play. It's because they don't know what they are doing. They don't know what they're doing. The Democrats' uh, management of our economy used to always be incompetent. Now it's insane because it's influenced not only by their complete ignorance of how the American economy works, it's influenced by their massive infiltration of Marxism and socialism and all the various theories, uh, which basically boil down to, if I can simplify it, taking money away from, I'm not going to say the rich people, taking money away from the people they don't like and giving it to the people they do like, because they're giving a lot of money to rich people. They just take it from middle-class conservatives. So, I mean, who is more likely to have paid off a loan? Probably a pretty conservative person who uh, believes in the value of, you know, keeping your word and paying off the loan. Or if you can't pay it off, make an arrangement to spread it out. You know, all those things, right? Those are the people who are getting completely double-crossed, right? All those people who have paid off their student loans could, if they want to be cynical, say, what a bunch of suckers we were. And if you had a student loan now, would you continue to pay it? Or would you wait for the next reduction when Joe needs votes? Suppose we get down near the end and he needs another couple votes. What do you think? And I know this is not in the criminal area, but it is in the moral area, bribery. It's like the Roman Empire offering bread and circuses, which was the end of the morality of the Roman Empire and ultimately the end of the Roman Empire. This is disgusting what he's doing. And he can't explain it. Uh, but neither neither can his um neither can his stooges. Uh, listen to this uh question from Peter Ducey, uh American hero to Corinne Jean Pierre. Let's let number eight. Uh, when you think about the the four billion dollars that are going that's going to go back uh, into as as revenue back into uh, this process of folks uh, paying paying right their college tuition, that matters as well. So we are doing this in a smart way. We are doing this in a way that's going to be effective. Uh, we are doing in this a way that keeps to the president's promise on giving people who need some breathing room, who need some breathing room. I just, I just laid out, I just laid out for you. No, Peter, I just laid out for no, you how we're seeing this process and why she this matters. Again, I just laid out, I just, I just laid out because of the work that we have done. She didn't lay out anything. Those were all platitudes, categories. She didn't lay out one thing for how she's paying for it. I mean, this is like an, an administration of bull that thinks we're fools. Well, they do. They do think we're fools. James Carville just said it. He said Republicans are all stupid. And Hillary thinks we're deplorables. 
And Biden thinks we're all systemically racist. And they all think they're a lot smarter than we are, except they can't answer questions. So let's try, let's try, let's, let's give uh, Karine Jean-Pierre one more chance. Number nine. So I'm wondering if that's a tacit acknowledgement that, yes, these policies could cause tuition rates to rise in the near future even further than they are now. Look, this is... This is something that Ambassador, Ambassador Rice talked about, as you just stated. She, she was asked this question a couple of times, and she said, we have to see, right? We have to see. This is something that uh, the Department of Education is going to uh, look into, uh, in, in particular with, uh, with uh, when you talk about colleges potentially raising uh, pr- prices. That's something that the Department of Education is looking at and is going to crack down on. But it seems like it's something you're preparing for, right? Well, I mean, look, this is, again, this is something that the Department of Education is aware of. This is something that we're monitoring, uh, but it doesn't take away from what this means. Okay, okay, we, okay, president- okay, Kareen, we got it, we got it, we got it. So here, here is uh, the the kernel of truth in this. That uh, uh, I remember, sixty minutes exposed this about fifteen years ago, and uh, of course it had no effect on the left wing. All of these uh, uh, increases in loans and uh, grants. And forgivenesses of loans, it's all going into the pockets of, uh, of, of the universities. They just raise tuition. So, you know, they, instead of uh, getting a loan of, of 30000 you get one of 40000 the tuition goes up from fifty to sixty. I mean, you can just see it. There have been left-wing articles written on this. So who were the beneficiaries of Joe Biden's idiocy in the last couple of days? People who haven't paid their loans. Universities that are charging outrageous amounts of money. Using mostly adjunct professors, by the way. (laughs) And uh, And teaching kids to hate America. That's what they're doing. Or are trying to convince them that they should be a different sex than the one that they are. That's who's getting the money. Who's losing the money? Uh, People that don't go to college. People who maybe decided that they wanted to go to work right out of high school. They're paying for it. And then, I guess, you know, in a certain amoral world, you could describe them as the suckers who paid. The suckers who believed in the old values. I borrowed the money, man, I got to pay it back. Or how about the ones, I saw a couple on television today. I wish I had their names. I'm going to send them cards. They said, I'm gonna, if it takes me forever, I'm still going to pay. Give me a little more time. We still have people of character. We do. We do, we do, we do. How about Adams? What he did today or yesterday in uh, sending out a directive to police officers that they shouldn't gather together and talk to each other. It is, I told you, I wrote a book on leadership. I am very proud to tell you it was a New York Times bestseller. The Times would not like to tell you that for six weeks. It sold pretty close to two million copies. If you go international, it sold more than two million copies. And it still gets sent to me for autographs and it's still used in courses. It's a very good book with the help of Ken Curson, an excellent collaborator. And we literally and figuratively wrote it together. Adams is, Adams and Biden 
I wish I had them as examples because I could teach the course like I could do two courses. This is how to be a leader from what you should do. This is how to be a leader from what you should not do. What you should not do is at a time of crisis when you're losing large segments of your department because the morale is low, when your police officers really don't trust you, Adams, and they don't, you got to face that, pal. You sell the New York Post and the Daily News and all of the guys who are afraid to be seen as racist. You sell them on the fact that you're a cop. Every cop knows you're a phony cop. That's why you put plainclothes cops in uniform, because you're a phony cop. That's why you can't bring crime down. When, when a, just an average cop could have brought crime down. You make woke decisions eventually. You cave in when they say, put the uniforms on. You won't touch stop, question, and frisk, even though in the Justice Department, and I've told you this a hundred times, there's a completely 100% constitutional version approved by Holder and Reno. And if you read the court's opinion carefully enough, if you read, it doesn't hold stop, question, and frisk unconstitutional just the way they did it, so you do it differently. You're a disaster. And now telling them not to talk? Well, we'll be back in a few minutes, and, and we're going to tell you why police officers should be able to gather together and talk, if we really have to do that. We'll be right back. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. You're listening to the Rudy Giuliani Show, and don't forget, I'll be bringing you my final thoughts at the end of the show. And in a few minutes, we'll be joined by Cara Castronovo, who will uh, discuss with us a very, very troubling situation regarding the January 6th political uh, uh, prisoners and that whole situation. You can call me on 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And let's take a call right now so we get a few of those in how about we – why don't we talk to Joel in Galilee, at the Sea of Galilee. The truth shall finally set us, set us free in Galilee. How are you today, Your uh, Honor? I'm good. I'm good. Any pita fish? <laughs> when you and Dr. Maria come over, I'm going to make you a big banquet at Magda with a lot All of right. Peter's fish. So what's going on, my friend? Well, we all you know how troubling all this is, but Mr. Mayor, you know, still the Lord has picked my story when everyone Googles Joe Biden plus China hustle around the world. The second link there is my SEC complaint about the China hustle. And one of the things I did when I put that filing on, on Hunter Biden's docket in Arkansas is I used the opening quote of Adam Schiff at that impeachment when he basically said, you know, if you see something, say something, uh-huh. even though he was lying at the time. And I'm, I'm curious about what kind of a narcissist, if you could just comment on what kind of a narcissist can stand there with a straight face as they're actually lying, say, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? With yeah. Impeachment. I mean, we've talked about this, you know, thousands of times already, but it still hasn't really come through that he was lying and, and misrepresenting Trump's conversation with Zelensky. Now we have hundreds of thousands of people dead, 
right. because of this narcissistic man's lying. Just please comment if you've seen that. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, it's a, it's. I've never seen anything quite like shift, shifty shift. I've never seen a member of Congress get away with what shifty shift gets away with. So we go way back to Senator Joseph McCarthy, who some of you will know who he is from history. Some may not know who, who he was, but he was a he was a, a United States senator who dedicated himself to trying to rid out communists from the uh, from the uh, Democrat, really the Democrat, but even the Republican administrations, because he was convinced that starting in the 20s, they had started to infiltrate government. And in fact, they had. So he had had some early success in doing it. And then uh, and then I don't think anybody disagreed that some of what he did was absolutely quite valid. There was a significant influence within the State Department, the Defense Department. And then ultimately he went into Hollywood. I don't know quite why he went into Hollywood. I think that hurt. And particularly in Hollywood with communists, a lot of the movies of the 30s and 40s were Marxist influenced. Uh, but then he went too far, and he did, he did something irresponsible. He, he stood up at one point with a piece of paper, and he said, I have the names of 233 people in, I think he said, the Defense Department who are card-carrying communists. I, I, I'm making up the number. I don't quite remember. Something like that. And it turns out he had no such record. As far as we know, he never produced it. And that became the, the, the um, unraveling of Joseph McCarthy, led, by the way, by President Eisenhower, a Republican, against another Republican. And uh, you think about it, that's exactly, uh, if not worse, what shifted in a situation that we're even sure he was lying. Schiff got up and said several times, but not just in Congress, in uh, interviews where it wouldn't be covered by the speech and debate clause. He said, I have proof. I have direct witnesses of Donald Trump's direct involvement in Russian collusion. And I, and I, I have witnesses and whistleblowers who can testify. We now know, uh, after exhaustive investigations by the FBI three times, that it's hokey. It's made up. It was paid for, Adam, and you know it. By You were told this. Before you said that, you were told that the FBI found no proof. Before you were told this, before you, were, before you said this, you were told that Hillary laid out money for this. You went ahead and said it anyway. Okay. That tells me who you are. You're a pathological, miserable, disgusting liar who fools people. But why do we still let you conduct hearings? Why do we still let you make allegations? Then you started making allegations about Ukraine and you lied about that. And now you're making allegations about January 6th and you're lying about that. And you made allegations about there being no stolen election and you're lying about that. Why do they believe you and why do they torture us? I don't get it. We turn out whenever these things get unraveled, we turn out to be telling the truth and they turn out to be lying and we continue to be tortured. 
And you guys get away with it completely. I mean, Donald Trump's house gets raided, not Hunter Biden's, right? My house gets raided, not yours, Schiff. They should raid your house to find out who these people are. These Russians that you say exist, huh? Well, who the whistleblower was for the phony Ukrainian story that you put out. Once the story's phony, the whistleblower doesn't get protection. The whistleblower becomes a perjurer at that point. Well, we'll be back with Kara Castronova, and we'll talk about January 6th, and then we'll have the mayor's final thoughts. That'll be right after this interruption. Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani show. And we have on the line Kara Castronova. I told you about Kara uh, earlier. Kara is is a um, is a regular on Newsmax on the the <laughs> it's the wise guys. I really, really enjoy it. I've been on it twice, but she's also uh, very, very dedicated to the investigation of what happened, what really happened on January 6th and uh, probably has more, more original research on it than anyone than, than I, that, I, uh, that I know. So I think I'm going to have her describe this particular – I mean, she, she could talk forever about this, but have her describe this particular situation involving the police officer. Kara? Hey, Rudy. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the introduction. No, not at all. I mean, just let, let these. I mean, this thing has been kept under such a cloud. You know, it's like yeah. all these people are being held, even without the details. All people are being held like for fourteen, fifteen months. They're not allowed out of jail, and that doesn't happen in America. It doesn't. And the trial that I witnessed last week that you mentioned, I was down in D.C., I witnessed an actual criminal trial, which, as you know, in a court of law, there's a cross-examination, totally different than what we've been seeing with these January 6th hearings, which are which trials, kangaroo court, there's no cross-examination of these police officers who are allowed to get on the stand and say literally whatever they want, and they're not fact-checked. Uh, one of the police officers, police officer Gannell, he's a capital police officer. He was on that panel of police officers that were I, re- before the January 6th committee. Say his name again. The, police cr- officer, capital police officer Aquilino Gunnell. Yes, he's the one. Did, am I right that he's the one who cried? He, they all cried, actually, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, okay, I, all right. I, I hate to say that, but they were all crying, and I'm not mocking them in any way. But no, no, it's a, little, yeah. it's a little jarring to see Did he cry more than the others? I seem to remember that name associated yes, with. He, he looked like lot, he was really crying quite a bit. And I want to tell you, uh, he had a lot of uh, financial interest in the case, uh, is what the, what the public defender said. I want to start off with saying that he has a pending book coming out that he's shopping around called American, um, how one, it's called American Treason, How One Immigrant Saved Democracy. That's him? That's him. He thinks he saved democracy. He did nothing that day, as it turns out. Absolutely nothing. All of the things that he said uh, on trial. What was going to happen if he didn't do what he did? All those people without guns were going to take over the government? Who knows? I guess that's what the the title of this crazy book that he's trying to shop around is implying. Is Is there such a book, Kara? I mean, is there one out? 
he's shopping it. He's shopping the book around, and that was brought up in the trial. The defense attorney asked him, don't you have a financial interest in this case, Officer Gunnell, in this case turning out to be guilty for the, the defendant, Mr. Fitzsimmons, because you're shopping a book, because you're doing paid media interviews, because you're suing the president, Donald Trump, because you're trying to sue the defendant for um, – injuries, because what his testimony is, is that his arm was injured by Fitzsimmons, the defendant, the January 6th political prisoner who was on trial. He's saying that he's the one that injured his arm, where he can never work as a Capitol Police officer again, so he's on permanent disability collecting a check. He's never has to work again a day in his life. And um, his, obviously, it's like he has financial vested interest in this case turning out to be a guilty verdict for the defendant, Kyle Fitzsimmons, who was on trial last Tell, tell us just a bit about what Kyle Fitzsimmons was alleged to do what the trial showed. It was so interesting. So Kyle Fitzsimmons is alleged to have attacked three three police officers and obstruction of justice, which you know is a ridiculous charge to charge these guys for actually just being at a protest to charge them with obstruction of justice. That's a big charge because it has up to 20 years uh, prison time. But the three biggest charges against him are three charges of of attacking a police officer. One of them was – and all three of them were disproven, by the way. And I want to also point out that it was by a leftist public defender. These public defenders have been horrible so far. They will not – defend Trump supporters effectively, and they've been horrible. But there was actually one good leftist public defender who went to bat for this Trump supporter. She actually put uh, law before politics. Her name is Natasha Smith, uh, Taylor Smith. I was very impressed by her cross-examination. Natasha Smith? Natasha Taylor Smith, and she literally buried Sergeant Gunnell, and I saw it, and I was one of 15 people to see it. And if only this trial was uh, was put on TV for America to see, it would have went viral and it would have flipped the whole story. These these cases need these trials need to be up on American TV the way that the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial were, but they're not because they don't want people to see the cross examination. And what was the most significant part of the cross examination that you the can share with us? The most significant part was the video footage because video doesn't lie. So they showed 14. Uh, they showed a they showed some of the 14,000 hours of video footage that none of us have seen. And when you watch that footage at, at regular speed, basically you're told the, the, the brain works. You're told to see what you see, and you see it. So if someone says, officer was being attacked here by this man, then people will see it. But what she did was she slowed the video down frame by frame by frame by frame. She, re- she rewinded right. it. She slowed it down. She rewinded his hand never touched Officer Gunnell's shield like Officer Gunnell said he remembers specifically and that he alleges that he grabbed his shield and he yanked it down, and that's what kind of hurt his shoulder to put him to the point where he can't work anymore as a Capitol Police officer. She literally made him look so silly on the stand. So, so, so Kyle Fitzsimmons, in fact, there's no evidence that Kyle Fitzsimmons touched Gunnell. There's a part, there's a, a small uh, area where he falls over and he sort of grabs at him and, he, and he's like touching a piece of his, uh, a string hanging from his jacket. But that wasn't the testimony of Gunnell. Gunnell's testimony was that he grabbed his shield, he pushed it down violently, and it, it dislodged his shoulder. And um, that there, there were actually other police officers who were falling on his shield, so that could have caused his injury. But there was never any video footage of Kyle Fitzsimmons doing what he said he did. And was that the major charge, Kara? Uh, I mean, the one that really kind of yeah. aggravated the there case? Was two other ones. There was one, so then there was another police officer who came to the stand, uh, police officer Wynn, he was a Metro D.C. cop, he said that um, Kyle Fitzsimmons grabbed his his gas mask, pulled it back, and then another gentleman coincidentally sprayed him with pepper spray, and then the mask snapped back, and he was like almost going to die, and he was in there with the gas. Again, the defense attorney went back to the video, the source video that none of us have seen because we haven't seen that video, and she frame by frame proved that his hand never touched his gas mask, never. So... 
he was forced to admit pretty much on the stand. That guy was a little bit more honest. He seemed very confused. It's almost like he, he wanted to remember that this happened, but then when he saw the video footage, he was kind of grudgingly having to admit, okay, maybe it wasn't him, maybe somebody else did it, but it doesn't look like he did it. So that was the second charge of assault. And each of these assault charges carried 10 to, 10 to 15 years. The third assault charge was very interesting, Rudy, because it was the first time a public defender or a, a defense attorney in general for the January 6ers has used the defense of a third person as a defense, mm -hmm. where we know, and I know you know, that there was a lot of police uh, at, on January 6th that were attacking Trump supporters. Uh, Roseanne Boylan was killed. Um, Ashley Babbitt was killed. There's other alleged killings um, that a lot of people say had to do with some of the smoke bombs that went out into the crowd. There was another woman named Victoria White that was in the area of Roseanne Boylan when she was beaten right, by Lynn right. Morris. Victoria White. And she was beaten to a bloody pulp. This man... And then she was beaten by a Capitol police officer in a white shirt. So the man, um, Fitzsimmons, threw a stick in the area as he and she showed the video that he's actually watching this woman get beaten. So he picks up a stick and he throws it, and it bounces off a police officer's helmet that's next to Victoria White. The police officer testified. She said she wasn't hurt, but he's being charged with assaulting her. Twenty, uh, I think, ten to twenty years is the prison term. So uh, the defense attorney uh, actually used it for the first time that these Trump supporters were seeing violence against themselves. They were seeing violence against protesters, and they were reacting. And, and like, like, let's just take the George Floyd for example. If somebody were to walk up to the cop uh, to Chauvin and hit him over the head with a stick, people would call him a hero. That that they would not be charged with assault. So but in this case. You know, he threw the stick, it bounced off the cop's helmet. Um, she's saying he was defending a third person, and that's a legitimate defense in D.C. There's a, some D.C. code that says that defense of a third person, if it's reasonable, which I think is reasonable. And what was, what was Kyle Fitzsimmons doing there? He was there protesting. He's a butcher from Maine. Um, he went there to protest what he saw was a stolen election. He was very politically involved in his community in Maine. Um, they, they had some very interesting people on the stand from his community, and he just felt like he was watching democracy kind of— Any uh, criminal record? No criminal record. Uh, he's only known his daughter for half of her life now because she's three years old, so he's missing out on that. His wife is, from what I understand, divorced him, so his life has gone down. And do they allege he's connected to any of these groups? They don't allege he's connected to any of the groups. Like, you know, what, what, what are they called? The uh, Proud um, the proud Boys and the whatever. Yeah, the Keepers. No, he's not. He was down there by So basically the, basically the case against him is that, I mean, the way they would have said it originally is he injured three police officers. Uh, Grinnell, who it, it, there's no evidence that uh, he caused the injury to Grinnell. The evidence is in the contrary. The evidence is from that the, from the videotape. Somebody else, not right. this guy. And uh, Wynn, basically, both the videotape and the cross-examination, basically has him back off from it completely. Right. He's basically caught it just like begrudgingly didn't answer, but you could tell he was confused. He doesn't. He's not malicious like uh, like the other cops. Gotcha. Gunnell's just Gunnell's malicious. Win is kind of just confused. And, like, and the third one, the third one who got uh, the lady who got uh, police officer later got hit with a stick on a on a helmet. Um, they, they used the exact. She really had nothing to say except she was hit and she wasn't hurt. Wasn't hurt. Was Never it. didn't go to the hospital or anything. I, I don't think she did. And I and I know that they they played the video of, of the police officer right next to her beating this woman, and they asked her, um, "Is this normal police conduct?" And, they, and she had to grudgingly admit that it was not normal. And the stick somebody. and the stick was thrown in that general direction. It was thrown in the general because direction because they were beating down. up Vi uh, Vi uh, Victoria. Yeah, in the general, 
in general direction of the cop beating up Victoria, and it kind of bounced off something and kind of knocked the cop like a few feet away from him in the, in the helmet. So now, now this case goes to the jury, right? No, there's no jury. It's a bench trial. So everybody's given up. Everybody's pretty much decided. A lot of the guys are saying we don't want a jury by trial. We're going to give up our constitutional right to a jury by trial. Yeah, because of the, the fear of a, of a, of a uh, let's just face it, a, a D.C. jury, right? Right. D.C. jury has proven to not be. There's been many polls, including by the public. Defense yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, it's pretty much accepted. You're just not going right. to get a fair trial for for right. a Trump person. Uh, so. Uh, what about the judge? Who who was the judge? The judge is Contreras, and I don't know if you've heard of him before, but he was the judge that had to recluse himself from the Michael Flynn um, ca- criminal case. He reclused himself because he uh, actually it was it was about to be released by the media right before sentencing that he was uh, friends, very good friends, with the FBI agent that was prosecuting the case. So he isn't the most honest guy in the world, and he's also abused a lot of like the FISA uh, warrants, from what I understand. So hopefully he'll do the right thing because he now has to prove that he's a fair judge because he's got so much bad press in the past for being the judge on the Michael Flynn case that actually had, like I said, he, he heard the, the case and it went up, went up to sentencing when he finally reclused himself and was like, oh, wait a second, I have a conflict of interest. I'm friends with, uh, the, the, with the FBI agent and uh, we have a very interesting relationship. So then they, they, they passed it so, to another judge. So now who is the judge? Who is the judge? That's going. Uh, is he the judge who's going to decide on the sentence? Yes, Contreras is the judge that's going to actually decide if he's guilty or not. Oh, they haven't decided on guilt yet. That's been left to the judge, and they, they've it's briefed left to it. The judge, yeah. Well, and let's let's follow this fun. more. Let, maybe this is worth doing a podcast, Kara. It's so interesting. Yeah, if you were yeah. there, you would have been because you're an attorney. You would have just. Yeah, I really would wrong. like to have. Is that this is not on tape? This 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 trial. No, it's not, and you wish uh. if it was, it would go viral. Conveniently, it's not on tape. And let me tell you something else. Ashley Babbitt's mom was there with me, and they they wouldn't allow her into the courthouse wearing a shirt with her daughter's name on it. It's a judge trial. What right. she's going to prejudice the judge? Exactly. So that, that, oh, was, my that was interesting. God. In, insanity. And one other oh. thing I want to tell you is that they used evidence they used against him was so silly. They played a, a recording of a, something he left on his senator, local, one of the local senator in Maine's mailboxes. I hope you go down to D.C. and do the right thing. The election was stolen. I hope that you have the courage to go do what's right for America. They played this to the judge as if this is a negative thing, that this man is calling his congressman to, uh, be, to be the voice of the people. They literally played that, like, could you believe what he said? This is what he said to his congressman. This, and they this the is because they have been able to sell the propaganda that you're not allowed to believe that the election was stolen. Right. In America, you're not allowed to have your own view about the election. You have to have the view of the state, right? You have to agree with the state that the election wasn't stolen. And if you say the election was stolen, you're some kind of a terrorist or something. Right. Right. Well, and you know what was crazy too was the, the, the public defender, like when I mentioned Natasha Taylor Smith, and I wish she could do an interview, but I usually think public defenders aren't allowed to without permission. She was really, in her opening statement, in her closing statement, she was like, on our side, she's like, this was not a coup. And even though Sergeant Gannell wants to say it was, this was not a coup, and everybody there was not trying to take over the government. They well, were there to address their grievances. Kara, a liberal should be on our side. A liberal should be for the fair administration of justice, no matter how the cookie crumbles. Uh, that, that used to be the, 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 one of the great attributes of American liberals, that I had so much 
respect for. So we're going to follow up on this. We're going to keep our audience post on it. But I'm going to consider uh, seeing if we can do it. We can get a transcript of this, right? Can um, it takes a while, and yeah. you know I've tried to order them in the past. It All right, takes a while. let's see what we can do. All right. Yes, and I'll see you this Wednesday on my yep. fundraiser. Yep. Kara, good luck. Now, yeah, let's get to political. Kara is running for public office. What are you running for, Kara? I'm running for New York State Assembly here in Long Island District 22. Oh, my gosh. We could have actually an honest person. And the fundraiser is on. The fundraiser is Wednesday, right? You'll be there? I'm going to be there. Absolutely. I'm going to be there. I'll, I'll even support you or your opponent, depending on what you like. And and um, my um, my everybody out here in Long Island is a huge fan of yours. Well, they've been misguided, the poor things. Uh, uh, no, we'll go have a great time. So t- tell tell them what time it is and, wh- and where it is. It's at six to eight p.m. at King Umberto Restaurant. It's world famous Italian restaurant, delicious. Mm, it's in Long I'm Island and Elmont on the borderline of Queens. Mm. And um, Rudy will be there. Like some really great people from the party out here in Long Island will be there. Ash- Looks like Kara got cut off, but I can finish that. Oh, I think we got oh, cut go. off. I there think we go. got cut off. I was saying Ashley Babbitt's mom will be there, so you can. Oh, well, really. that actually is very good. That's very good. Maybe she'll say a few words, and I can introduce. Her. I would like that. I yeah, like her very yeah. much. I well, mean, I did a podcast she, she with really her. She really loves you. She's really quite a lady, and um, she's been through something no parent should ever ever go through. But Kara, thank you, and thank you for your courage. I mean, you've got you really belong in in politics nowadays because we need people with courage. And uh, gosh, uh, people should know you're also a boxer, right? Yes, former oh, boxing champion, two-time Golden <laughs> Glove champion. Yes. Yeah, you're quite something. They can see you tell. They can see you on Newsmax, right? At Wise Guys, 10 p.m. every Saturday night. Right, it's Wise a great Guys show. I've been on it twice, and it's a great show. Yes. Please enjoy it. And thank you, and thank you for the work you're doing for our country. I, I, I admire you very much, and, and we'll see you next week, and we're going to do more yeah. with this, okay? Yeah, and if people can follow me on Twitter and at caraforassembly.com with a C, and thank you, Rudy, for everything you do. Nope. You know, I continue to be a very big supporter and fan of all your work. Well, you, keep, you, keep, you keep, keep going. You're doing great work. God bless you. We'll talk to you very God soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. Well, that was a great interview, wasn't it? That's the kind of people we need to save our country. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with the mayor's final words. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and I am bringing you the mayor's final thoughts, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers. Tunnel to Towers is remarkable organization. It's the organization that takes care of our uniformed officers who lose their lives protecting us or lose substantial parts of their body so they can't really live independent lives. Well, Tunnel to Towers is there on both occasions and in both situations and even more than that. And they make sure that the mortgage on the home is paid off And then if they need to, they build smart homes for the people who can therefore get around their homes with a maximum degree of independence, which, oh, my goodness, it's the most wonderful thing you can do. All you have to do to join them and support them is to make a contribution of $11 per month at T2T.org. T2T.org. T, the number 2T.org. $11 a month. And um, 
if we all do it, the money will be there to fulfill our obligations to our most important people. So my final thought is going to be about a movie that is coming out on September 7th and on my podcast about it that is out right now on uh, RudyGiulianiCS.com. I really urge you to go watch this interview with Robert Davi. When you see Robert's face, you will recognize it. He has been in over 30 movies. He's been in Die Hard. He's been in one movie after another. He's directed very substantial movies. He is a trained opera singer whose voice has kind of gotten, I guess, a little older. So now he does does, uh, uh, popular singing, does tours of the world with the American Songbook. His first movie that he was in was with Frank Sinatra. And he does a fabulous Sinatra, I would not call it an imitation, a re-evocation of Sinatra. Be interesting to have him and Piscopo together. He promised me, unlike Piscopo, he wouldn't do in New York, New York. You know, New, New Jersey, New Jersey is the top of the world. Come on. I got to always straighten my friend Joe out when he, when he does that. You know, I got to slap him around or something. Or, I'm only kidding. I sing, he sings New, Jer- New Jersey, New Jersey, and I sing New York, New York. So RudyGiulianiCS.com. So he'll explain to you what the movie is about. Now, it's not out until September 7. And like any movie like this, which is called My Son Hunter, it is a fictional, although very factual, description of the crimes of the Biden crime family. And it, 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 it uh, zeroes in right at the time that the hard drive is being revealed. I guess in terms of my life, it would be when John Mac Isaacs contacted me. Uh, Bob Costello met with him. We then negotiated with him and got it. And we, um, and we uh, uh, verified it quite substantially and quite professionally to withstand time and to prove that the entire uh, mass media are a bunch of effing liars, which is exactly what they are, and you still believe them. They're doing the same thing with January 6th. They're doing the same thing with the stolen election as they did with the hard drive, saying that we were Russian agents. Well, this movie then shows that this isn't an investigation of Hunter Biden. It's an investigation of Joe Biden. It shows the money that went to him from our enemies. And I haven't seen the whole movie. I can't tell you how good it is or how bad it is yet. What I've seen looks great. What I've heard looks pretty darn factual. I'll be able to critique it right against the hard drive, which I have in my possession. And um, we'll be talking about Hunter, my son Hunter, for quite some time by Robert Davi. So go to the podcast, RudyGiulianiCS.com. And tomorrow we'll get a look at that affidavit. Let's see what Epstein's friend did with it. God bless America.